Welcome to the Toxin Terminator, helping people to restore and renew their health by removing the toxins from the home and their lives. Join in as industry thought leaders help you understand the physical and emotional effects these products can have on you and your family, and the safe alternatives you can use to remove the hidden toxins for renewed health. Now, please welcome your host, the Toxin Terminator herself, Amy Carlson. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Toxin Terminator. Tonight, we have got the Dear Abby of Sex. Let me tell you, our episode is going to be sizzling. I have to tell you, my insides were jumping a little bit when I heard this guest was coming on. She has got such a fresh approach and original ideas that have helped millions of people of all ages transform sex into making love. She is an author, an award-winning speaker, and a serial entrepreneur. She has been featured in the New York Times. She has been on, well, let's just say every TV station, CNBC, Today Show, the ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox. You know, what I really like about the guests that come on our show is they have their own personal story. And she is really going to be talking about how through her own personal story, she's able to be fearless and be straight forward in all of her talk to really help us through this kind of taboo topic. So tonight, we're going to be talking about the two silent libido killers that are coming forward that she has identified. Please help me welcome Susan Bratton. Thanks for coming on the show. Hi, Aim. So great to be here. I love being with the Toxin Terminator. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Doesn't that just sound fierce? You know, just... Oh, so fierce. Well, it has to be fierce. And we want to... It's such a harsh topic. It can really be... Yeah. There's so much destruction and devastation when we're looking at chronic disease that I wanted to be able to kind of give a little bit of light to it. You know, you look at your topic, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, my topic is so much fun. I mean, it is funny that you say it's a taboo topic, but it's also an endlessly delightful topic. And that's the topic of human sexuality, of passionate lovemaking. And it is interesting. You said, you know, you have a story. I wanted to tell you that I got into being the trusted sex advisor to millions because my marriage fell apart with my husband. Yeah. When we were about 10 years in, I think it was our 11th wedding anniversary. We had too many gin martinis and the truth came out. You know how it does, right? In vino veritas, right? <laughs> yeah. I know where you're going with that one. And I said, you know, I love you, but mm. and he's like, I know. And what happened was our intimacy had waned. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if, if I look back now, I can see what happens and I can see it happening to so many couples. And that is we're taught how to make babies and we're taught how not to get pregnant. And we kind of understand how to have sex, but we don't understand how to make love. Right. And the problem is that for men, it's so easy to have a satisfying sex life if they have intercourse. Right. But what I'd realized, and I look back, I had spent a decade having sex with my husband and he was having his climax and I wasn't. Mm -hmm. I had to use my vibrator or really that was the only way I could have an orgasm back then. And and I didn't have orgasms from intercourse with my husband or anybody ever in my whole life. And there were times in my life that I thought, is everybody just lying? Like, 
it can't really be that good for people. Is it really? Like, what's all the hoopla about sex? It wasn't my experience. Right. And so, you know, after you make love for 10 years with someone and you're not getting off, you don't want to do it anymore. You feel like a masturbatory tool. Mm -hmm. And my husband didn't want it to be like that. We just literally didn't have the skill to make it happen. And so many women say to me, I'm not the kind of woman who can have orgasms from intercourse. And I say, oh no, you are. We are all capable of having orgasms from intercourse. It's just that we don't know how. And so my husband and I learned how, and it became so amazing in our relationship that we said, we need to help other people understand how to cross, you know, they call it the orgasm gap. Mm -hmm. The fact that it's so easy for men and so difficult for women. We're going to teach people how to cross the orgasm chasm. (laughs) I like that. And... We started teaching passionate lovemaking techniques. We started publishing the work of other experts that had taught us what to do in our transformation. And we've been saving thousands and thousands, if not millions of marriages over the last 15 years, helping people just learn the simple techniques that it takes to really have a very satisfying sex life. And over the years, what happened was, first thing I started out with lovemaking techniques. And then I realized, oh, that's not all you really need. You actually also need bedroom communication skills. And so I started teaching bedroom communication skills. And then I realized, oh, well, here's what happens. The people who really care about their sex lives are the people who are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. Because when you're 20s, it's all new and it's all good. And when you're in your 30s, you're busy having your kids and getting married and you're just like a little too preoccupied for it all. And by the time you hit your 40s, you're like, woo, I'm getting old. My window is shutting. (laughs) Little do you know, the window stays open your whole life if you are healthy, which we're going to talk about. But what I realized was, that sexual health and wellness was very important. And for so many women, sex becomes painful after children, the episiotomies, the prolapsed organs, the hysterectomies, and then the perimenopause, and then the menopause, and then the vaginal laxity, and the lack of lubrication, and the incontinence. I mean, the list goes on, you know? (laughs) I can relate. So I thought... Well, I've got to solve all these problems now, right? Right, right. (laughs) I want everybody to have fabulous sex. (laughs) You know, and who doesn't want that? You know, if we're being totally honest, because... We are. For me... That is just another form of intimacy that I get to have with my husband. And it really connects us and makes us a stronger unit and a stronger couple when we can have that portion of our sex. But like I said with you and when we were talking before, with it being a taboo topic is so many of the people that I associate with, you know, you just, you don't talk about sex. Yeah. And Lord, my husband should be able to figure it out, right? He's a mind reader. He should know what pleases (laughs) me. And I just think this is such a great topic to bring out. And I've had other guests on where we talk about, obviously, menopausal issues that affect us. So I was so interested to hear, you know, how the toxins are affecting the libido. Yeah. Because we know what it's doing to the imbalance in our hormones. But let's kind of dive into that just, you know, a little bit more. You obviously spend more time in this genre than I do. (laughs) You know, I shared a little 
glimpse of the personal story beforehand. So I'd love to hear what do we expose ourselves on a daily basis that are really having that big impact? Yes. All right. So the title of our episode today is The Two Silent Libido Killers. And the two silent libido killers are toxins and a messed up microbiome, gut microbiome, which by the way, affects the vaginal microbiome, affects the prostate microbiome. And when I was talking earlier about all the issues that women suffer from, men have almost as many as well. Really? You know, they have a lot of prostate issues. They have erectile dysfunction issues. They have premature ejaculation, delayed ejaculation. They've got all kinds of prostatitis and urethral issues and all kinds of things. So though we think as women, we have all the problems men suffer as well. And so when you talk about microbiomes, I like, and I also think because women are often Dr. Mom, we have to take care (laughs) of our husband's health as well as our own. That's what we do, which is perfectly fine. I think we are naturally the ones who want to be the healers and watch what our husbands are eating and, you know, are they getting enough exercise and et cetera, et cetera. I I, I got to interject here and I I just got to ask the question, do you get your husband to listen to you on those topics? Yes. I do. Oh. Well, what I do is I just make him do it. I just, oh. I just make the appointments and then he has to go. <laughs> well, good for you. I was going to say, I've been working on that one for a while. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just have to do it for them. There you go. It's easier that way. They kind of want to outsource it to you. So you figure it out and they just have to go and do the thing. And then, you know, and then they're happy. Tell you what to do. <laughs> Yeah. And I don't mind that because my husband does many things that I just outsource to him. So I think in most couples, you're doing a divide and conquer. You do the thing you do and I'll do the thing I do and we'll take care of each other, which is important. Yes. So toxins and microbiome. So the first thing is, let's really go first with the microbiome because you can't get the toxins out if the biome isn't moving. So the issue that I find is that for most of us, we've been given many rounds of antibiotics a lot of us of midlife generation were not breastfed by our mothers. That was the kind of beginning of, you know, baby formula. Sure. And then, of course, we eat foods that have been laden with pesticides and we're drinking water that has God knows what in it. And so our gut microbiome is in trouble. We have dysbiosis, we have constipation, or we have irritable bowel syndrome. We have food allergies. We've got candida overgrowth. We've got parasitic infections. We have, I'm missing a few things, but you understand and you know the map to that territory, right? Oh, absolutely. So the problem is if we're not pooping and we're not hydrating and we're not moving things through and we're not exercising and sweating, then everything's just kind of like stuck in there. Right. And then we're taking in all of those toxins. So we're taking in all the endocrine disrupting toxins from the food supply and our air and the outgassing of our rugs and our furniture and our health and beauty aids and our laundry detergents. And, you know, the list goes on and on. We're breathing in the toxic fumes as we drive in the car and pump our gas. And then we're taking pharmaceuticals as well. So we are. One of the things that I see happening now is a massive occurrence of fatty liver disease. And I actually think a lot of it is from the toxin load that our livers are struggling under that we can't get the toxins out because our microbiomes are messed up because our gut's not moving. We're not taking the most delicious, easy poo every morning. (laughs) So one of the things that I recommend for people is you've got to get the system flowing again. And if you're not going to go out and exercise to a sweat, 
wet, get a sauna and try that. An infrared sauna is a very good thing. I just saw in Time Magazine today, there was an article that said, saunas are amazingly good for you, (laughs) right? They're really becoming mainstream. So one of the things that I think is that we don't get enough oils high quality fats in our system. And a big heaping tablespoonful of cod liver oil every morning. And for your husband, especially some styrian pumpkin oil. Pumpkin oil is excellent for the male prostate and the breast microbiome. Or a five seed oil or a black seed oil. Some vitamin E mixed tocopherols, like maybe six or 700 IUs of mixed tocopherols a day. So you're getting a nice full omega profile. You're flipping the switch on the sixes and you're getting your more, your three sixes and nines and your vitamin E's. And then when you start taking all of those, and if you've had your gallbladder out, which many middle-aged men and women have had their gallbladder out, and the women have had their gallbladder out often because of being on the pill when they were younger. The pill disrupts the calcium-potassium system in your body. It dysregulates it. And you end up not with cholesterol stones, but calcium stones. And that beleaguers your gallbladder and you have to have it taken out. And so what happens is you don't have a gallbladder, so you're not emulsifying the fats because your bile's not dripping in correctly. And so you're not absorbing the fats. And so often women who have gallbladder issues, they're wrinklier sooner as well. So one of the things that happens as you age is you desiccate, you dry up, you wrinkle. And so by getting the fats back in your system, and if you find that you're wrinkly also, and if you're having joint pain of any kind, hyaluronic acid is very good. There's two different kinds of hyaluronic acid. Well, there's lots of kinds of hyaluronic acid. There's low, medium, and high molecular weight hyaluronic acid. And hyaluronic acid of high molecular weight can be absorbed into the skin. That's what they put in beauty serums to plump the skin. It's what holds the water in your cells is hyaluronic acid. But for joint lubrication, what you want is the high molecular weight, not the low molecular weight. Low for the skin, high for the joints. Low for the skin. Sorry, I might've said it backward the first time. Yep. And lubricin is really good. You can feed it to your horses and your pets too, by the way. That gets your joints flowing. You take that for 10 days and you'll be like up and down off the floor again. It's just amazing. And so plumping up your skin also plumps up your vagina and it gives you more tissue to work with, right? Collagen. Also very, very good. Good for, as long as it's organic, you want to get clean collagen. You want to get grass-fed, pasture-raised collagen because you don't want more toxins from patho-fed beef that has a bunch of antibiotics in it. You don't want that. Right, hormones. And they're eating God knows what. Yep. So collagen is good. And then I've started making my own yogurt as well. I make a yogurt. I follow Dr. William Davis. He wrote Wheat Belly and some other books like that. An L. ruteri strain of yogurt that creates a grid that the collagen you're eating can hang on. So you're plumping everything up. You're getting the oils and fats to get everything going. And if you've had your gallbladder out, you also want to take a lipase enzyme. Okay. Because lipase enzymes, if you take the oils and you just take them in the morning, mm-hmm. little pumpkin oil, you know, take your hyaluronic acid, your cod liver oil, take your vitamin E tablet, and then take your lipase enzyme. When you stick it in there, it'll emulsify the fat so it gets into your system. 
And then it'll also really get your poos flowing. Okay. So that you really get that going. And then oh, try and drink three liters of water a day. Half your body weight in ounces. Okay. You know, eight, 10 cups a day at a minimum, three liters is great. And then you're flushing, flushing, flushing. And then you're working on your biome. So you're cutting down your sugar, you're cutting down your alcohol, you're cutting down your grains, you're eating a ton of leafy, fill your plate with leafy greens and green vegetables that are organic, put some lean proteins in, well, not lean, but just good quality pasture raised or sustainable fish on that plate, eat that, your gut will start moving. Right. And then the fluids that you're drinking and the oils that you're taking, that's all going to get everything moving again. Because what happens is that when your gut microbiome is messed up, you can't produce your hormones and you can't produce your neurotransmitters. So you have mood depression, anxiety, issues like this. So you're stuck on, you know, on the antidepressants and the anti-anxiety medicines, which destroy your libido. Right. You need to get your own serotonin and dopamine going. And a lot of it is made in the gut along with your hormones. Antioxidants are also very, very important. Polyphenols and other antioxidants, whether it's C60, which is the carbon 60 molecules, C60 purple power is really good. I mean, I'm 58 years old and I started using that C60 and I got my period back. Really? It's just incredible. Yeah, it's just incredible. Where are you getting the C60 at? I get it from c60purplepower.com. There are a number, but there's a lot of really low quality stuff out there. You have to be careful. C360, I think is another brand, but I I just use the Purple Power one. Purple Power. That guy over there is a genius. That Ken, the CEO, he's a scientist, really smart guy. He has his own podcast too. It's very good. So there's just a lot of things you can do to, number one, lower your toxic load. Get your gut moving, get your biome good, get rid of your dysbiosis. If you're taking proton pump inhibitors, stop taking them. If your husband is taking them, have him stop taking them. They shut down the stomach acid. You need the stomach acid to chew up all the food and to keep the duodenal sphincter closed, right? So a lot of people are doing that. No more mouthwash. It kills the bacteria in your mouth that you need to go into your gut to digest your food. I mean, there's just a lot of little things that really add up. What are you putting on your skin? Put on shea butter, coconut oil. What are you using for sexual lubrication? Just use organic avocado oil, organic coconut oil, organic jojoba oil, organic sweet almond oil. You don't want to be putting KY jelly and Astroglide. The list of chemicals is 10,000 you know, syllables long. It's crazy. <laughs> It is nuts. What do you think about, you are just been, I can't even keep up on my notes. I know you're rattling this off like it's second nature to you. And I know my listeners are like, dang, I need a notepad here so I can be writing all this down. So just stop it, pause, go get your stuff and then come on back and take some more notes. But gut biome, we all know, you know, especially us that live in this toxin-free lifestyle, everything is geared from the gut. Yeah. And you talked about getting the good fats in you. Yeah. But what about fermented foods? What is your take? Love them. Okay. Your take is good on putting fermented foods in there. Yeah. Unless you have a candida overgrowth, in which case you have to cut back and you have to whack back the yeast. A lot of women have candida overgrowth. You eat a lot of candy. Mm -hmm. It was interesting. I got an email from my chiropractor and he said, happy new year. 
I got super sick. I'm back in the office again. And as I was laying there with a miserable flu, I thought to myself, I don't get sick. How did I get sick? What did I do? And he said, I ate sugar over the holidays and it lowered my immune function and I got sick. I'm just, why did I eat that sugar? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I remember last year, I ate one piece of C's candy a day in the month of December. I was like, all right, I'm just going to have, I'm going to celebrate Christmas with one of my favorite pieces of candy. (laughs) Just one every day. I got a yeast over Like I can't even eat one piece of C's candy a day. You know, I'm glad that you bring that up because I was just having a conversation with my son today on the phone and he's like, mom, this is like the third time I've gotten sick just through the holidays and whatnot. And I said, well, number one, you've got children that are out in school and in daycare centers and are going to be exposed to everything. I said, but Nick, you have to get rid of the sugar. You know, and I know your body's going to crave it while you're sick, but you've got to reduce the sugar. Well, I really don't think I eat that much. I said, start turning the labels around. Start reading what you're putting in because they're still using stuff that's coming out of cans, coming out of boxes, coming out of bags. When you said labels, I thought, just don't eat anything with a label. Well, I would (laughs) love to say that to him. Trust me. You know, say it. Well, and I do. He says, now, mom, if you tell me to stop the caffeine, I'm hanging up the phone right now. (laughs) Son, I can't tell you how to live your life. But if you're going to complain to me- Wait, you are his mother. You sure can tell him how to live his wife. I mean, that's our job is we're supposed to tell our kids how to live there all the way till the day we die. We have to tell them what to do. We try. We do. We do. (laughs) They listen. And they do. And they come back. You know, he's 35. So, you know- we're, we're getting there. But sugar, sugar yeah. is huge in making all of the imbalances in the gut. People don't understand how inflammatory sugar is for the body. So thanks for bringing that up. I appreciate that. Well, and it's interesting because right now, as I'm talking to you, I'm on a five-day prolon fasting mimicking diet. Okay. Do you know about the prolon fasting mimicking diet? I would love to hear about it. I just did a 72-hour fast where I just did water only. Yeah. But I've not heard of the prolon prolon p r o l o n as in nancy prolon like prolong your life right prolon it's a box of food that you buy and they ship it to your house and my husband and i do this about once a quarter okay my friend dr felice gersh has done 14 of them she says she's de-aging herself <laughs> And essentially, this was a food system invented by Dr. Walter Longo. He was named one of Time's 100 most important doctors in the country. Okay. And it's essentially a five-day, it's called a fasting mimicking diet. Okay. So people who are feeling addicted to sugar and addicted to carbs Mm -hmm. are, which is sugar, by the way, Mm -hmm. I think sugar and carbs are crack and heroin. (laughs) They are, you know, like I really try to limit both of them significantly. The best thing you can do is get off of it. But the problem is when you go off of it, if you eat a lot of sugar and you eat a lot of carbs and you're watching or listening to this podcast, the Prolon FMD, you're not ready for it because you're so addicted that you're actually going to go through some withdrawal to get off of it. So you need to do a sugar and carb taper before you do this. Now, for someone who is eating healthy organic and limiting their sugar intake and, you know, really just wanting to reset their metabolism and to put themselves into what is called autophagy. Right. I'm going to spell it for your fans and followers. It's A-U-T-O, auto, P-H, like F, 
A-G-Y, autophagy, autophagy. Right. Autophagy is the most important thing I'm going to tell you about on this whole segment because you have running through your body billions of cells, 37 billion cells or whatever you have. And there are some old crappy cells in there that are just running around in your system. They're called senescent cells or zombie cells. And those particular cells, they're taking up space. They're sucking the life out of you. And they're not operating. Their little batteries aren't operating anymore. And you need to get them out of you. Right. And you never get them out of you if you don't stop eating for a while. That's why every religion and every indigenous culture has some sort of fasting, whether it's Ramadan or Lent or what have you. Mm -hmm. Because we knew in our grandmother's era and before that, all the way through to the foragers and the hunters and the gatherers who went into autophagy because times were lean. Right Now we don't miss a meal. And the problem with that is that our cells never get a chance to clean themselves out. But the thing is, some people couldn't imagine doing a 72-hour water fast or going without a meal or what have you. And so what I like about the fasting mimicking diet is that it is what it says. It mimics a fast. It puts you into autophagy so your cells can do their spring cleaning Mm -hmm. and you can get rid of that excess cellular material. Fabulous for lowering body fat. It regenerates and releases stem cells that come and fix those aching joints Mm -hmm. and the things that have been hurting and gotten wounded or starting to go. So it does some very, very important things. And limiting food, they call it caloric restriction, has been around for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. It's beginning to be studied very heavily in the 60s. And the thing is that. When you do fasts and you do any kind of fasting, whether it's intermittent fasting or fasting mimicking diet or caloric restriction or whatever it might be, you're not actually making yourself live longer. You're not adding years to your life. You're adding good years to your life. Right. What you're doing is you're staving off the four big diseases, diabetes, dementia, cancer, and heart disease and stroke, which go hand in hand. They're two sides of the same coin because they're atherosclerosis, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. products of atherosclerosis, which is heart disease, plaque, plaque gets into your blood vessels and then the plaque gets calcified and then your blood vessels get stiff and then you can't get blood to your brain and blood to your heart and blood to your organs and blood to your genitals anymore. Right. So what these fasting mimicking diets do is they give you a little meal plan and you eat every day just enough. It's a caloric restriction. So you're not starving. Mm -hmm. I've had today one nut bar about four inches long and two inches wide. I've had, I'm drinking some hibiscus tea and I had a one cup of soup, not a bowl of soup, not a mug of soup, (laughs) one cup of soup Mm -hmm. for lunch. And I will have one cup of soup for dinner. This is the lowest caloric restriction day of all the days I'm in day three. It puts you into ketosis. Mm-hmm. You start burning fat. I've already lost three and a half pounds in the first two days. This morning I got on the scale. I will lose the midlife belly. Mm-hmm. I will reset my metabolism. Mm-hmm. My sugar cravings go away. Mm-hmm. The only reason I want a glass of wine is it's a habit 
rather than, oh, I really need a bite. That goes away. Mm-hmm. So I cannot tell you how much I love the fasting mimicking diet. I have a promo code for you. <laughs> love it. But it only lasts, I'll have to extend it. I don't even know if I know what it is. I think it's PLM 10, Personal Life Media number 10, PLM 10. Okay. At the Prolon site. It's at Prolon, you know, you just Google Prolon com P-R-O-L-O-N and you'll find it. Okay. And that saves you 25 bucks off that box of food. It ends up netting at about $45 a day. So it's a $250 box of food. It's 200 with my promo code. And what's nice is you're getting five full days of meal and you don't have to do anything. It's all in there. You open the pack and cook the soup and it tastes good. They tell you exactly what to eat when you follow it exactly. And you're hardly even hungry. It's amazing how little food you need and you're not even really hungry. No dishes. You got two, you got a little bowl you got, you got to hook, heat your soup up in. Yep. And no dishes, no worrying about food, no foraging for dinner, no cleanup. You have all this extra time. And by day four, you hit the most incredible mental clarity. Mm-hmm. And you think to yourself, oh my God, I wish I could be like this every day. And you could if you don't eat sugar and drink booze and eat bread and do all the things that give you Alzheimer's, heart disease, cancer, and what was the one I missed? Diabetes. Diabetes. Thank you. (laughs) Well, and I can't speak highly enough about fasting. I told you I just did a 72-hour fast. And you look great. Thank you. Thank you. Really look good. Here's the thing, being the toxin terminator, fasting, when we have a lot of fat on our body, the toxins are stored in our fat. I know. So if there are things that we can do to reduce that fat, and you said you've lost three pounds and you're on day, what did you say, day? This morning on the beginning of day three, I'd already lost three pounds. Three pounds. I lost seven pounds in my 72 hour fast and it was all in the midsection. Yeah. All of it. You know, and I don't necessarily have weight to lose. Mm. It's that, you know, as we get older, everything wants to grab right there in the midsection. So it's doing those things in the midsection. But like you said, the energy that you have, the mental clarity that you have, and I don't know if it's because of what's going on in your body and the cell cleansing that's going on. It's the giving your digestive system a rest so your body can do all the things that it needs to do, as well as you're not overwhelmed with, what am I going to make for breakfast? What am I going to make for lunch? What am I going to make for dinner? You have no decisions to make with that. So I highly recommend it. So thank you for sharing your promo code. Um, And our listeners can absolutely check into that. But now with that one caveat, if you're not eating healthy to start with, don't attempt to do this because a sugar detox is just like a caffeine detox. It's horrible. And you don't necessarily want to go through it unless you're prepared to not pick it back up after your fast. You know, just get your body through it once and you won't ever have to go through it again. But honestly, there's ways to reduce down without having to put yourself into that oh, awfulness. Yeah. Right. You want to wean. Yeah. It was interesting too, Aim. I was talking to a friend of mine and he's my age, 58, and he is in fantastic shape. He's just really a good eater, healthy guy, super good. And his wife is very overweight and 
not healthy. I mean, the pallor of her skin just does not look good. Mm. And she's so lovely. And I just feel so badly. And he's distraught because she never wants to make love. He said the last time they made love, she burped and farted the whole time. Well, of course, that's dysbiosis. You know, her gut microbiome is terrible. She stops at fast food drive throughs and that's what she eats. And she's just addicted to white flour and sugar, white flour and sugar, crack and heroin. And he said, I don't know what to do. You know, I sat there with her and her family at Christmas and I saw her shoving in the cookies Mm -hmm. and it made her sick and she's miserable. And if I say, hey, don't eat that, her whole family gangs up on me. Who are you? The cookie police and you know, all that kind of stuff. And he says, I really don't know what to do. And I said, well, I think you have to think about dealing with it like you're dealing with an alcoholic mm-hmm. or someone who's addicted to any kind of a drug. Right. And you're going down a path now where if you don't intervene, you can expect no more sex. You can expect to take care of a very ill, sick wife for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You can expect that she'll die early. It'll be a tough death. Your kids will lose their mother. Your kids won't have a happy mom and dad. She cannot help herself. I told him this before. I said, you have to intervene. You have to cook for her. She's starving to death because all she eats is crap. Mm-hmm. And she's addicted to the crap. Mm-hmm. So you have to feed her and you have to get her off of it. You literally have to like muscle it at this point. Mm-hmm. You have to mm-hmm. be a hard no to everything. You have to clear everything out of the house. You have to pack her lunch. You have to monitor her, like put her on the Google maps on your phone. You know, we track our family together so we can always see where everybody is because we've got a a young daughter and we want to know where she is. You can track your wife on Google maps and make sure she's not going through in and out. I mean, you can literally put the hammer down on this. You could try and find someone who could help, you know, a nutritionist maybe or what have you, but he knows what to do. He knows how to cook for her. Just start feeding her, taper her off everything and feed her and feed her and feed her and be the bastard because you're not the bastard. You are saving her life, Mm -hmm. saving your marriage. And if she literally will not allow you, you get to seriously think about leaving her. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to leave the mother of your child, but what are you going to do? Are you going to sacrifice your life because you live with an addict? I know that sounds super harsh, Well, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I was just in another interview I did today. Yeah. You know, I share so much of my personal life, you know, when I come on to these podcasts and that's just who I am. But, you know, I am 34 years sober. Great. So I know what it's like. And I was married to an alcoholic before. I'm married to a recovering one now, but not only am I a recovering alcoholic, but I'm also your codependent too. I, you know, double whammy here. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Give it to me all. But as you're talking, I'm listening to you and that part of me that's the codependent is like, oh yeah, yeah, you got to take charge. But here's the thing. If she doesn't recognize that she has a problem. She doesn't you know, then there's not a darn thing that he's going to be able to do that's going to affect that. So until she gets help so that she realizes it's her problem and if she needs to do something about it, he can monitor her, he can change the diet, he can clear out the cupboards, but she'll she'll find ways. Just like us alcoholics, we found a way to drink, we found a way to use whatever mechanism we were using. So you have to have tough love. You have to have intervention. And, you know, the Al-Anon teaches us that you get a choice. 
you get a choice. You either live and learn to live with the active addict or you don't. That's your choice. Yeah. It doesn't mean you love them less. Right. You know, but you have to make that choice for yourself and what you can and cannot do. Yeah. But the thing is, there's no socialization at all to say that someone who's addicted to white flour and sugar and killing themselves with grains and and sugars, you and I both know that's what's happening. Right. Right. That doesn't seem weird when I say it to you. No. But there's no socialization at all to say, well, I divorced my wife because she was addicted to sugar. Like <laughs> They're going to laugh, right? Right. <laughs> but you're right. How do you go to a judge and say, you know, I want a divorce because, you know, my spouse- My wife is killing herself. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, if you can get two people to come in, we can get her committed. Well, it's with food. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, we don't consider that to be a danger to themselves. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's very, very sad. It is. I know. I felt safe in saying those things to you here and to the people who are listening to you because the people who are listening to you can relate. You know, they're trying to get rid of the toxins. They're trying to get themselves healthy. They're seeking out the advice. And so telling that story about, you know, the conflict with this very healthy man, with this very unhealthy unhealthy woman yeah, and no sex life because she's killing herself. Yeah. And again, I always tell everybody, everybody's on their own journey. And trust me, when you hear us talking about a five-day cleanse, you know, and I did a 72-hour, you know, fast, not cleanse, but fast, you know, you didn't see the seven years leading up right. to this, you know, that yeah. everything is baby steps. Yeah. You know, you don't just turn the light switch on and off on becoming healthy, that you have to walk down this journey, right? Yeah. It's just like trying to have a better sex life. Well, first of all, we shouldn't use the word try. You either do or you don't, right? <laughs> so there are steps that we have to take in order to make it be the way that we want it to be, whether it's our sex life, whether it's our gut health, whether it's our you know energy levels, whether it's we want to age and be able to enjoy our 50s and 60s and 70s right? We don't want to be in a wheelchair, yeah. you know, tucked away in a nursing home. You don't want to just add years to your life. You want to add life to your years. Exactly. I heard somebody once say, I'm going to butcher this, but it was basically you're adding years to your life and you're living or you're dying Yeah. slowly. Yeah. And dying is inevitable. We're all going to die and we could all die tomorrow. And the decision you make in every single moment gets much easier once you're not addicted to white flour and sugar. Mm. When I was 50 years old, my hair was falling out. I'm wearing an integrated hair piece right now. My hair still hasn't completely come back. It's thin. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see some more photos of me that aren't with my hair piece on. My Instagram is Susan Bratton, S-U-S-A-N. B-R-A-T-T-O-N, as in Nancy, Susan Bratton. But my hair was so thin and brittle. And I hadn't, I didn't get a haircut for almost 20 years. Mm -hmm. And I lost my gallbladder. And I I could barely walk up the stairs. I wasn't terribly overweight, but I, by the time I was 50, I was sitting up in bed at night because I had so much gastric distress Mm. that I couldn't even lie down and get any sleep. And I went to my doctor and he said, well, it's most likely a food allergy and dysbiosis. So we're just going to reverse all that. 
And I had a really amazing doctor. And he had me take out the grains and take out the sugars and take out the corn and take out the peanuts and take out the eggs and Mm -hmm. then slowly Mm -hmm. add things back Mm -hmm. in. And he realized I had a gluten intolerance. And so I stopped eating wheat. I just started eating, you know, like more potatoes and corn to kind of like switch Mm -hmm. over Mm -hmm. and still get Mm -hmm. my carby things and tapered that. And then I would say probably like six months after I stopped eating gluten, all the aches in my joints went away. I was literally bounding up the stairs that I used to plan the one time I would go up them a day. Right. And I had my list of stuff I had to do when I went up there because it was so hard to get up the stairs at 50 years old. So my brain came back online. My energy came back online just from giving that up. And then every time I mess around with sugar, I get a candida overgrowth. I have to whack back again. I mean, it's always just waiting there for me to feed it, that sucker, right? Yep. So, you know, we get to decide, you know, is it worth it? You know, now, once you've been on the other side, and I love that you're sharing so much of your personal stories because I think sometimes people don't understand how awful they truly feel. Yeah. It's not until you get on the other side of it, like, When you get rid of sugar, when you get rid of gluten, when you get rid of those foods that are causing you insensitivities, Mm -hmm. you know, not everybody's sensitivities are the same. So identifying what your problem areas are, and you get to that point of having the energy and the stamina and the skin glow. And, you know, people, I know if you get onto the YouTube channel, you're going to see what Susan looks like, but 58 years old, this woman is vibrant. I'm just telling you right now. So, you know, we want to listen to what you have to say. And thank you for bringing that personal piece into it, because that's what I think people can still resonate with. I love the saying, our greatest wound becomes our greatest gift. Yeah. Almost losing my marriage and ruining my daughter's life and, you know, her family life and then bringing that back and learning how to make love and then learning about diet and nutrition and reversing my decrepitness, my decrepit decline to death Mm -hmm. and having more energy pushing 60 than I did pushing 50. You know, it's just amazing how much nutrition and knowledge, how much knowledge can help you become a happier, healthier person. And so thank you so much, Amy, for being the Toxin Terminator (laughs) and raising awareness about how important it is to detoxify and get things moving out of our body because no one can imagine living in the 21st century today. We'll look back at this and say, my God, that was a real turning point in the history of humanity where there were people who just kept eating that junk and getting diabetes and getting heart disease and dying like flies. And then there was that little crew that kept their bodies going until they were 80, 90, 100 years old because they hit midlife and said, I got to reverse all this. No more. I've just learned about it. I've become aware and I'm going to fight for my health, for myself and for my life. And for quality of life. And for future generations. You know, that's what we're doing that for. And, you know, what a powerful statement to, I don't want to end. <laughs> you know, we didn't get to the two silent killers yet. 
<laughs> well, one of the things I was thinking too is, why don't I come back on sometime, anytime you want to have me? I'd love to come back because I'd like to talk more about sex too. Sure. I'd like to talk more about a couple of things. One, libido. Yeah. I'd like to talk a lot more about just specifically what happens to your libido, how to get your libido back how to rekindle your interest in your partner, how to rekindle your own desire. I'd like to teach your viewers about arousal and the arousal process because one of the things that happens, the reason libido gets crushed is because we don't understand how our arousal systems work as women and men's arousal systems are different. And so I'd love to give you some really great ideas about that. That would be awesome. And I think that there's a lot of listeners that are our age, you know, that we are. And so we're at a point in life where, you know, we hear the words arousal and great lovemaking. We think, is this become a thing in the past? <laughs> you know, is it, you know, going through the menopause and, you know, finding out our bodies just don't react the way that they once did for us. And, you know, so this would be great topics that we can teach people because I talk a lot. I mean, I'm producing a book this year called The Five Pillars of Living a Toxin-Free Lifestyle. Great. And one of the pillars is mental. So, and I very much feel like sex comes into that emotional, mental aspect of it that we need to have that to be fulfilling into that genre, that area of our life. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. Your sexual vitality is your life force. It's the thing that puts the spring in your step like nothing else. You need that intimacy, the connection, the oxytocin, the holding, the love, the affection, the feeling and being felt, the seeing and being seen. There's so much to it. So I'll give you a little gift before I go. Here's my parting gift. Love it. I have a wonderful technique for partners where this does not require sex and it does not require any kind of commitment to doing anything more than being held and holding. Okay. And it's called The Soulmate Embrace. It's from my book, Sexual Soulmates, The Six Essentials to Connected Sex. Love it. And it's really about the, let me tell you the URL. It's at soulmateembrace.com. Soulmate Embrace. Soulmate Embrace. And it's written so that if a woman downloads it, she can give it to her man. If she's in a masculine feminine relationship, she can give it to her man. And there's a list in there so that he doesn't have to read the stories and, you know, hear that piece of it. He can just well, tell me what I've got to do. And he can get the checklist. To the story. (laughs) I don't want to hear the story. Just give me the list. So you can have it on a couple's date. You can read it together in bed. You can learn how to do it. And it takes a little practice to actually settle into this beautiful embrace that makes you feel held in a way that you've never been held before. Because when your partner's held you before and you've relaxed, he's let go because he thought you were done. And this is all about what happens when a woman is really held by her man in a way that allows her to completely relax because relaxation is the first step in arousal. And often our men are trying to get us going and they skip that step. So I'll come back anytime you want, but soulmateembrace.com is my gift. 
Awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, that was your parting gift. Are there any final thoughts, any of your top threes or just final thoughts you'd like to leave us with? Uh, No, I think I've given you more than you can handle. (laughs) (laughs) I think I have three pages of notes here. So yes, you have. Thank you very much. Feel free to email me anytime with clarifications on any of the things that I said. Oh, yes. And so we've gotten your Instagram is Susan Bratton. Yeah. We've gotten your soulembrace.com. Soulmate Embrace. Soulmate Embrace. I don't have the glasses on. And then where else? What's your easiest way for people to get a hold of you that would like to reach out? Well, I have a YouTube channel. You can just go to (laughs) betterlover.com. And I've got all kinds of amazing videos about vaginal restoration and reversing your husband's erectile dysfunction and how to have orgasms from intercourse and how to generate more sexual energy and how to understand your relationship values and you name it. I mean, hundreds of videos. (laughs) Awesome. All right. So we've got plenty of ways to get a hold of you. Susan, thank you so much. Amy, thank you. For bringing your knowledge and sharing so freely with us. I had a great time. You're just terrific. Thank you so much. Have a great day and good luck to the Toxin Terminator. Thanks. That's all for this episode of the Toxin Terminator. And we hope we've helped you remove the hidden toxins in your life for renewed health. If you're looking to continue your journey towards full rejuvenation, reach out to Amy directly by visiting amycarlson.com for your own one-on-one chat session, as well as your free toxic risk assessment. That's A-I-M-E-E carlson.com. And remember, you are just one small change away from renewed health.